on Wednesday, I was uh, Thursday evening, I was speaking to the um, worship team, and I'm always when I'm preaching here to just somehow to kind of calm my nerves because um, I get nervous standing and looking at all of you people. Um, I I kind of try and find where's that screw that's loose on this thing, and you kind of try and and um, on Thursday evening I was kind of frittling here and I've. I actually found a screw that was loose, and I was like, oh, I got it, anyway. So, um, I think this, this morning, really just feeling like, like there's something for us, and um, yeah, but I want to start with, like, what happened last week? <laughs> I think for some of you that maybe missed it, um, that weren't here, you're going to go, what did happen last week? But last week, really, we saw something of God coming into into our meeting, and it changed everything. Um, I think I've heard a couple of people say, sure, I've almost, some have said I've never been in a meeting like that. Um, and some have said that, like, I can't remember when last, and even for me, I was going like, hey, I can't remember when last I had such a meeting where God just came in, and, and it was actually okay for us to not know where to go, to not know what to do, and just Go, okay, God, we're we following you blindly. And, um, and that's awesome. <laughs> but I do believe that there's more of that for us. Like, that's not, that's, not the, that's not the end. I think, if anything, it's just like a distant smell or a distant sound of, you know, what is to come. It's like usually when you hear, um, when you... You hear a plane coming before you see actual the actual plane, and I I feel, felt like like on on last Sunday that there was something of that, like there's a hearing of something and God is doing something, but it's a not yet. And so in the not yet, what's important for each and every one of us here this morning is that we position ourselves. It was like God, we want to receive that when that thing comes by, that we don't miss it coming past. Amen? And so part of that, and this is really where I kind of want to start this morning, is I want to thank everyone. We, we put out a challenge to all of you, and we said, okay, for, for the next, the, 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 the Sunday, the Monday evening at prayer meeting, uh, and this, the Tuesday early morning prayer meeting, we said, hey, we want to, want to ask you guys to commit. And man, I was overwhelmed just by how you guys have committed. And I want to say thank you. And it's not because, I'm not saying thank you because um, you listened to me or you followed me, but really thank you that I can see that in your hearts that there is a commitment towards the Lord. Because that's important for me as, as, as the leader here that's leading on behalf of Andrew and the rest of the elders. Like I want to say thank you for pushing into God. Because I believe that that is something that God has us here for. I'm saying thank you to you, not because you are merely here and you are following. But thank you, and this is my dream, is that you would open yourself up to allow God to work in your life to the utmost of measure. That's my dream. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm, 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 I'm willing to lay down my life for whatever it needs to be that 
those around me can go, God, I want you more. And I want to say to you, church, thank you. Thank you for showing me that there's something of a pushing in from your side. And I believe that as we push in more, that we're going to start seeing um, and finding God in a place that we've never before seen. And that really is the thing. That's the Christian life, is to come to know God. It's to come to, to, to see Him for who He is. Since we've been born, since you've been alive, you've been told what God is and what God is not. And a lot of that is just, what do you say? Religion. It's just, it's just dead things. But in us coming here, in us giving ourselves and opening up our hearts towards God, we're allowing God to come and show exactly who He is. And that's what we want. And I know this is His will. Is His will is for each and every one of us to know Him. To know Him for who He says He is and for who He wants to show that He's true to be. Amen? And so, last week I opened up with a scripture in Deuteronomy 28. And I'm going to quickly read it for us. Deuteronomy 28, verse 47 to 48. And it says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, because of the abundance of all things, therefore you shall serve your enemies, from whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and lacking everything. Man, when I read that, I'm going like, I don't care how bad I'm feeling. I'm going to make sure that I'm putting a smile on my face and I'm going to serve the Lord with joy in my heart. And what I want to get to here this morning is that I believe that it's God's will for us to serve Him in joy. It's God's will for us to commit ourselves to Him with the utmost of life in our hearts and go, God, we see who you are and we want to love you for that. Now, what happened last Sunday is last Sunday we had this glimpse, we had this sound of who God is. And in that sound, in that glimpse of who He is, there's a place of where we need to respond to that thing. We need to respond to what we've seen. We can't just see it or hear it and just move on to the next thing. No, no, no. That sound, that what we've seen, that's something that needs to come and change absolutely everything. Because now we know. Now we can say it's no longer just a thought that there is more. It's no longer just wishful thinking. It's no longer just a good idea. No, 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 no. We've actually seen it. We've seen where God comes and where God touches hearts and people start repenting and people start giving themselves to Him. Like that's a sign of God. And when we see that, we've got to go, man, there's something to that. And in the way that I then posture myself after that moment, I'm not coming from a place of where I'm hoping or where I'm just thinking now or just like dreaming about it. No, no, no. I'm coming now from a place of where I've actually seen it. We've actually tasted some of it. We've actually smelled that thing. I've heard it. And see, but now, and this, this is where this scripture comes in. It says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness, that's where this comes in and where this needs to kind of like shake us up and wake us up. 
That word that Lauren brought of God is saying we need to be awake to these things. It's we need to go, okay, I need to be joyful. I need to serve God in a joyfulness. I need to serve God in an in a abundance of like, I know he says who he says he is. There's faith in my heart that as I seek him out, he will come. Amen? John 15, verse 8 to 13 says this, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Hear this. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in me, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept in my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. And then he says this, and this is what I want us to see, and linking it with the previous, previous scripture, verse 11. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy, and Jesus speaking about himself, he's saying that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. See, as God works in us, as he works around us, he's building into us that place of just ultimate surrender to God. He's building into us that place of saying that the only place that you'll find life, and this is what Jesus says about himself. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And his point is to show us and create that space for us where we find that ultimate joy, where the joy that's within us is made full. Man, what a joy that is. We get to serve God with gladness. That we get to serve him with all of our hearts. See, we can't say anymore, man, we haven't seen or we haven't heard. No, we have seen. We've heard it. And now there's a response to that thing. And we'll be kept, we'll, we'll be, it will be accounted for. I'm thinking of just Kelly. It came forward and saying, man, I want to repent for not really loving Jesus like I used to. And I think for all of us this morning, there's a place that we need to step into. There's a place that we need to walk out that God has prepared for us. And it's for our joy to be made full. It's for our joy to be, His joy to be in us and for our joy to be made full so that we serve Him with everything. That we serve Him with absolutely everything. I want us to get this morning to that place of where our joy can be made complete. That we be found in His presence first in everything that we do. That His presence is the place that we, that we work from, that we live from, that we breathe from. Because we know it's the place of where the joy, I, I find that joy, that joy that is not dependent on whether I've got a great bank balance, whether it's not dependent on whether all my relationships are working out, it's not dependent on whether my work is great and I'm, I'm receiving no absolute uh, persecution and life is just peachy, it's butterflies, unicorns and rainbows. It's like that joy that is not affected by any one of those things. That joy that sits in the middle of the storm, that joy that goes, oh, but my God, this is who he is. 
my God, this is what he, he says he will do. I will believe it. Even if everything around me looks like a storm that's waiting to swallow me up. My God, that your joy may be made full. That my joy may be in you. Never do we see Jesus ever going like whatever he was facing. He knew it was that joy set before him that he endured the cross. And I believe God is calling us to that same place. But I do want to say this. That in order for us to abide in him, in everything, we've got to realize and we've got to kind of be real about it. That there's things that's holding us back. Real things, real feelings, real situations that's holding us back from that. And as we've heard the sound, we know he's coming. As we, we smelled that fresh bread, we know we're going to eat of it. And so because we know it's coming, because we know we're going to partake of what is coming, we need to come to that place of where we say we disregard everything that holds us back. We put everything, we give everything away because we're not, it's not about the now. It's about what is to come. And whatever it is now that's keeping me back, I want to make sure that when that moment that he arrives, that there's absolutely nothing that holds me back from taking hold of him. Does that make sense to you? There are things, there are experiences, there are feelings, there are situations right now in this room, in all of our lives, not just your life, my life, the elders, the deacons, community leaders, every one of us sitting here this morning have things in our lives, situations, feelings, emotions that are keeping us back from God. It's keeping us from trusting in God. It's keeping us from saying that God says who he says he is for me to be able to trust him and so to put everything away and take hold of it. There's things that's keeping us back from that. And so even when we come into an experience of where God pours out his spirit, there comes this moment where we go, I don't know. It's great. It's great that this is happening, but I don't know. Can I trust it? Am I going to be let down again? Am I going to be disappointed again? And this morning, I want to get us to that place of where we actually surrender to God. And where we see and take hold of the things that He has given for us. Because see, it brings us to this place where even the exposure of God and the exposure of God's presence causes us to kind of just go, ah, I love God, but yeah, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I can really give myself over to this. Because it might actually just ask me something that right now I'm not willing to let go. But it's because there's a mistrust in our hearts. And so in these areas, we're actually closing ourselves down for God to come and work in us. We're actually saying, God, we want you, but just not here. 
is this um, little skit that we've, when I was in Bible school, when we, that we always did. It was called Devil at the Door. And so you have this person that's got a room, and it's usually like an imaginary room because it's on a stage and you don't have a lot of props and whatever else. And this little girl or person whose house it is hears a knock at the house. And as the, the knock comes and she opens up the door, the devil kind of breaks out and the devil just, ah, ha, ha, and the devil just comes and he devastates the whole house and the living room and the study and the kitchen and the bedroom. The devil just devastates it. And then he goes, ha, ha, I'll be back. See you tomorrow. And he runs out. And then this person is so like mortified and like, look at what he's done. Look at, look at everything is in a mess. Do you sometimes feel like that? Like the devil has knocked through your door and he's actually crashed that whole house. I do. And then comes the next knock. With Jesus. Yeah. She opens the door and Jesus is standing in front of her. And Jesus asks, can I please come in? And this girl's like, look, Jesus, I don't know if you can come in. My house is a mess. The devil was here. He just broke everything. Like, I don't know. I don't have space for you right now because I need to deal with this. Isn't that how we actually also deal with God? I don't, I don't have space. Like, whoa, just give me a moment to breathe. And Jesus but I'll help you clean up. And she invites Jesus in and says, but Jesus, okay, you can help me, but I want you to just stay to the living room. Just, you can clean up the living room, I'll do the rest. And so Jesus comes in, comes into the living room, does what he needs to do. This person cleans all the other rooms, and the house is back in order. Next morning, see Jesus just in the living room, opens the door, the devil comes, ha, <laughs> I'm back. I usually play the devil. <laughs> uh, so I know the part quite well. <laughs> the devil, I am back. And as the devil runs, he usually runs to the, to, the, to the living area. As he runs to the living area, he's like, whoa, whoa. You didn't tell me Jesus was here. Like, okay, okay. I'll just step out of the living room. But then he goes to the rest of the house and... <laughs> Ha, 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 I'll see you tomorrow. Closes the door. And this person is like, Jesus, seriously, you couldn't have done anything, eh? Just stay there. And Jesus says, but you only, you told me, only stay in the living room. Okay, 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 I hear you, I hear you. But I mean, next time, just do something more. So Jesus is like, um, up until the point where this person actually says to Jesus, Jesus, you have my whole house. House pointing at our hearts, at our lives. You have my whole house. And so then when the devil comes and the devil knocks, what ends up happening is not the person who opens the door, but Jesus opens the door. And what happens to the devil? The devil flees. See, but it takes us so much time and so much hurt and so much pain to get to that place of where we say, Jesus, 
what is mine, have it. We kind of want to try and work this out on our own. And the whole point of this salvation, the whole point of this Christian life is the fact that we can't work it out on our own. If it was, there would be no need for Jesus to come. So yes, we're part of him and we are his children. And, but man, we keep him at arm's length. If you remember, not last week, but the week before, where I spoke about the slave and the friend. What did Mary do? Uh, Martha, not Mary. What did Martha do? Martha went and she washed the dishes. Jesus was in the house. And she's washing the dishes. And she's serving and everything. And she comes frustrated towards Jesus and go like, Hey man, can't you tell this lazy woman to actually just do something? I'm working my fingers to the bone. She didn't understand. That house wasn't fully in the Lord's hand yet. And this morning, I want to get us to that place. And I'm going to read us a scripture. It's Isaiah 61, verse 3. It says this. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And this passage, I'm just saying, it's speaking about Jesus. Speaking about what He is to come and do. The Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To grant to those who mourn in Zion. And that's those in Zion, that's us. It's us, we're the ones in Zion, the people of God, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, the people of God, to give them beautiful headdress instead of ashes, beauty, some, some translation, to give them beauty for ashes, to give them the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a faint spirit or a spirit of heaviness. In other translations, that they may be called oaks of righteousness. This is how how beautiful it is. The planting of the Lord. That who may be glorified? That he may be glorified. It's to make us him, his children, his ownership, his people, his planting. So that people can look at the planting and go, praise be to God. So what we see in this thing is we see something of God coming. And for one thing that we give him, he gives us something else. There's an exchange that's happening. And so this morning, I believe that God is wanting to come and exchange things in our hearts for himself. Some of the issues that's in our hearts, mistrust towards a spouse, towards a father, towards one another, towards leaders, towards God. Disappointment. Disappointment in God. Disappointment in friends. Disappointment in leaders. Disappointment in one another. Disappointment in situations. Offense. Offense towards one another. 
offense towards loved ones, offense towards leaders, towards those around you, towards God. Even hate. Hate in our hearts. We might not say it, we might not act out on it, but it's there. Because we've been hurt. Worry. Worry in our hearts. Is everything going to pan out? I don't know. I, I can't trust God. I don't know. Can I? Can I not like that? And that worry ends up standing like a giant in front of us. And it's saying to you what you need to think, what you need to believe, how you need to feel. Rejection. Feeling like there's not space for me. Like, does my opinion count? Does my calling count? Does, like, do I count? And the orphan spirit. A place of where we just go, man, I know Jesus has saved me, but I just feel like I don't really just fit in. I don't have space. I don't look like the other guys look. Or I don't. Maybe you feel like, man, I don't have all the intelligence that someone else has. I need to work this thing out. I need to. And Jesus is saying, like, man, I want to bring an exchange. Last Sunday morning, I opened up with a scripture. Matthew 11, verse 25. And it says, at that time, Jesus declared. And this is Jesus praying. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me. All who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you, sorry. <laughs> Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus knows he knows these things that are weighing us down. He knows these things that are keeping us back. And he's coming to us and he's saying, hey, I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here to give you rest for your soul. Take your burden, give it to me. Take my yoke, which is light, and put it on you. But you've got to take it. And I think for us, we think, that it's at that moment that I give my life to Jesus. But it's not. I want to say to you, it's, I want to get saved every day. I need to get saved every day. Because there's a sinful nature that wants its way. And every day I need to say, Jesus, I need your help. I need you to come and save me from myself. And he's a turning from my heart towards him, knowing that when I call out to him, I will be saved. And so what we see is a product exchange. You know, like you go to the shops, you buy a TV, 
go home, take the TV out of the box, and you put it on. And this actually, this happened to us. We, in the youth hall, we um, bought the sound system. And we were very excited to test the sound system and to just have it nice and loud. And we put it on, and the bass bin that powers the things just goes, I mean, this is brand new out of the box. And so what do we do? We've got a warranty. Come on, we paid for it. A good business has a warranty. And so we send it back to them. And so they say, okay, cool. We're not going to fix it. We're going to give you a new one. Great. It's still, I paid for it. It's in my warranty. It's in my guarantee. See, the thing is, and this is what ended up happening, it broke again later on. And so they said, okay, this time we'll try and fix it. And then they took so long to fix it that they said, no, 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 we'll now give you your money back. I'm always happy to take the money back. (laughs) But the point that I'm wanting to make here is that never in this process did they give us, we say we paid 10,000 rand for the system, did they come back to us when we said, look, this is broken. Actually, we want our money back. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll give you a million rands. That's not how it works. As you get either the same amount, or if they've got a different policy, the amount of use, a fair use policy kind of thing, like we'll subtract whatever that use was and we'll pay you out the rest. Amen? Or we'll just give you a new one. So it's something that's the same value, or you can get your money back and that may sometimes be less. But never is it a thing where the value that what you've paid for And what you get back, if you give that thing back, is more than what you paid. But here Jesus comes. And Jesus says, hey, your mourning, your sadness in your heart, I'm not going to just take it and just, no, no, no. I'm going to give you joy. That hurt in your heart, that pain, I'm not just going to take it away. I'm going to give you healing. I'm going to give you life. Hey, you're an orphan because actually you've been born into a sinful world. You're walking around like as if you don't have a father. I'm going to take you in. I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to make you me, your father. See, every time that there's a giving from our side, God comes and he overshadows that thing. He gives more than every single time. I want to go to that shop. Sorry, I bought this tackies. Um, it doesn't look right to my feet. No, 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 no worry. We'll give you 10 other pairs. Have it. I want that shop. See, but it's never going to be that. I was watching a movie with someone um, on Friday. And we sat down just to before our movie started, and just before I sat down, I, th- I thought to myself, like, hey, I must just not let my popcorn fall out. That would be really not nice if my popcorn falls out now. So I was kind of like jiggling everything and just, and literally put my popcorn down. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm in my seat, and I put my feet up. There's not a lot of people in the cinema. And as I put my feet up and I take my popcorn, 
my popcorn bumps against my leg, and all my popcorn is out. <laughs> and I'm like, get this little bit of popcorn in. And he's like, my friend is like, hey, you can have some of my popcorn. I'm like, Ugh, no, don't worry about it. I'll, you know, I'll be the good, humble person. I'll just eat my little bit. And I sat there, and I felt the Lord say to me, why don't you just go ask them? Because, I mean, I've been working on this message. It's been coming for a while. And God is saying, like, hey, why don't you just go ask for them to fill up your popcorn? So I said, hey, I'm coming back now. <laughs> Stand up. Walk to the counter. I said, I, I paid for, for my popcorn. Obviously, it's my slip. I messed it out. But would you mind filling it up? The movie has not even started yet. And they're like, no worry. We'll fill it up for you. And as great as that is, what God is doing for us is a million times more valuable. It's there. It's available to us. That exchange that he's saying, like, whatever the hurt is, whatever the thing is in your heart that is keeping you from seeing me for who I am and for what I want to do, give that to me. Give me that hurt. Give me that pain. Give me that sorrow. Give me that mourning. Give me that thing, and I will give to you me. I will give to you my life. That depression, I'm going to give you a gladness and a joy that you have never in your life felt. That hurt, that mistrust, God saying, give it to me. And I will give you someone who never lets you down. I'll give you a rock that you can stand on. Like other things, it's like sinking sand. Things are just, but this rock that you'll stand on, when you trust me, you'll never, no matter what the storm, no matter what the thing, you'll go through this thing and you'll stand. 1 John, 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15. And this is the confidence that we have towards him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. So now the question is, what is the will of God? In this exchange, and this is what I want to point out to us, in this exchange, this, the will of God is that we find our joy in Him. The will of God is that we find our joy in Him, that His joy is in us, and that our joy will be made full. So this morning, I know that if I'm going to ask, like, who really has a joy? Like, really, that joy deep down in my soul. <laughs> We're going to be shocked about the hands. Because we're lacking it. And so this morning, if you want joy, I want you to know that you can ask according to His will. Because it's His will. God. I want to give you my sadness. I want to give you my sorrow. I want to give you my mourning. That I may have joy. 
God's will is that He becomes the object of our affection. That He becomes that one that we see, that one that we know, that one that we love, that one that we find that never lets us down. I don't know about you, but for me, I want to be with God in everything. I want to be with Him. And I know that in our hearts, in each of your hearts, that same desire is there. But yet we kind of like keep it like that lady in the house. Sorry. We keep it like that lady in the house. It's like this beautiful vase in the kitchen. And we're saying, Jesus, no, 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 don't come into the kitchen. Like that desire, that cookie jar filled with goodness and sweetness and beauty of just, I love Jesus. It's there in the kitchen, but Jesus, just stay in the living room. So the desire is there, but there's not the, the signing over. There's not the giving and saying, Jesus, come and take this. It's keeping us back. It's keeping us back from really seeing him. And I want to ask us, I wrote down this question before I get to that. Part of God's will is that we would be made whole. That we would be made whole. See, unless we have Jesus in our lives, we will be broken into eternity. And his will, his whole thing of why he came to the earth, of why he gave himself, is that we might be whole. That we might be connected again to our Savior, to our Redeemer, to the one that created us. So I want to ask you a question. Do we think that it's God's will for us to stay broken? We need to answer this question in our own hearts. Because sometimes we hold on to these feelings of offense, these feelings of disappointment, these feelings of hurt, these feelings of I don't fit, we hold on to them because they give us an identity. They give us that space where we get to say, I'm the orphan. I'm the one that was raped. I'm the one that was hurt. I'm the one that has been stolen from. And those things, we actually find some weird way that we find our identity in those things. And we hold on to them. And we go, no, no, Jesus, stay there. I'd rather be broken because people are looking at me. People are like they're caring for me. It's like this false sense of connection. It's all built around my brokenness. Jesus going, man, do you know? Do you know the health that I have for you? Do you know the wholeness that I have for you? And in that wholeness, do you know how much of my life gets poured out into you? I'm saying, God, I want that. 
I don't want to hold on to this brokenness. I don't want to hold on to these feelings in my heart that's making me feel like this. See, even if we lose our identity, that is kind of like the point. Because it's no longer I who live. But it's Jesus that lives inside of me. So if I lose my identity, it's not the worst thing that's happening to me. It's actually, it's the will of God that I take on an identity that far outweighs this world. So, in 1 Peter 5, verse 67, it says this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties, your feelings of hurt, your feelings of not being enough, all those things that are draining the life of God, that's resisting the life of God into your heart, casting all your anxieties onto Him. Because He cares for you. So today, there's not one of us that's in this room that do not have something to give over. There's not one of us in this room that have something that, or that have nothing to say, God, take it. This morning, there's wholeness for us available. So maybe let's close our eyes. See, I believe that what God has done and what God is busy doing in us Something that we cannot dream of. It's so deep. It's so big. It represents God in who He is. Not what we want. And this morning... This morning, it's quite candid. God is phoning your number. <laughs> and we're laughing about it, but it's the reality. And it's really as, as easy, but also as challenging as picking up the phone and saying, yes, Lord. See, to... Pick up the phone means that we acknowledge that we are broken. It means that we acknowledge that we have something that needs to be exchanged. Something that needs to be given and something that needs to be received. 
And you might be sitting here this morning and there's hurt in your heart. Maybe a kind of hurt that you feel like, and that you've said to yourself, like, I can never again. You fill in the blanks. But I want to say to you this morning that the joy that God puts in your heart when you give him that sorrow is a joy that is will never go away. The life that you will pour out into those dead areas in your heart is a kind of life that you never thirst again. And unless we come to God and we're real about it, we'll always just run around in the circle of thinking we're, we're going through the seasons, but actually we're just without God. And we're not able to see it. We're not able to know the difference between God's Spirit being with us and His and us being without His Spirit. So maybe if I can have the worship team. And so this morning, as well as our eyes are closed, I want us to take a moment. Be real with ourselves. Go, God, show me. Show me what I need to give over. Show me where, where I am. If, I, if you can't see it, if you feel like there's nothing, ask God to show you. morning in prayer meeting there was a couple of things that came out and just even in my time of of prayer I felt a couple of specific things I felt this morning that God wants to come and lift the lid on depression says he will give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. So this morning, if you know that there's that heaviness, it's like someone has put a weight on my heart, has put a weight on my mind, on my limbs. I want to say to you, God wants to come this morning and He wants to dress you. He wants to dress you with a a robe of joy. A robe filled with praise. So if that is you this morning, 
It might not be a thing of, man, it's big. Even if it's a small thing, I want to ask you, don't be deceived by the smallness of certain things. So if there's that heaviness inside of your heart this morning, and you know that, man, I'm dealing with this thing. I want you this morning to come and bring that thing to God and allow Him to exchange. Allow Him to take that thing and say, no, 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 let me give you my praise. Let me give you my joy. That's you this morning. Just where you're at. Just would you stand up and lift your hands to God. Don't worry about other people. This is you and God. Yes, God. Just lift your hands to God. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about the people next to you. This is God coming. God is exchanging the old. and He's bringing something completely new. Completely whole. He's taking that thing away from you. Felt like these offenses in our hearts. Basis where we feel like we've been disappointed or people have not acted like we wanted them to act. And we've been offended in those areas. And that offense, that thing causes a bitterness in our hearts where we can't really see God for who He is. It closes us off to Him. And so this morning, if that is you, if you know, man, these offenses, and I'm not asking what are those offenses, I'm asking that you be saying, God, I don't want these things. These things are a poison that I can't see, I can't feel it, and I don't want it. I want you. If that is you this morning, I want you to come and bring those, those offenses and say, God, have it. I want to have freedom. I want to have freedom from these things that's keeping me back. If that's you this morning, I want to ask you that you stand up and lift your hands to God. This morning, don't let what other people might think hold you back. last thing that I felt I just felt that there's this deadness of love like this inability to really feel like a numbness in our hearts we only have two settings we're very angry and this facade of very happy. I feel this morning that God is saying, I want, to, I want you to bring that numbness to me. Give me that, give me that room in your heart. It's because we've been closed down to feel. 
We've been closed down to allow God to come and work and it's brought a numbness in our hearts. And so if that is you this morning, I want you to stand up, lift your hands to God and give it to Him. not have been something that I've mentioned but I want you to in your heart make out that thing that you know is still there and to give that over to God and that when you're ready to stand up give it to God lift your hands to Him and say God take it take it as far as the east is from the west take this thing away from me with his joy he wants to fill us he wants his joy to be complete inside of us church I was sort of just asking God what what is he um, planning for this morning and I felt the scripture in Matthew when Jesus cleansed the leper and the leper comes up to Jesus and he kneels on his knees and he says Lord if you will will you make me clean and Jesus stretches out his hand and touches him and says I will be clean and I feel like um, this morning there's a question in your heart going God if it's your will will you free me will you bring um, healing will you bring joy his answer is yes I will have joy. Yes, I will have freedom. Yes, I will be cleansed. And that is his word over us this morning. Um, I was standing at the back of the church and there's so many people that's dressed in yellow and I was asking God, God, please just don't let it be my own emotions. God is showing me these flowers. All this yellow is representing these flowers. And God is saying, he's sending his Holy Spirit bees to come and change that yellow, that stave meal, I don't know what it's in English, <laughs> to pollen, to honey. And I was saying to God, God, let my little pollen, my depression, my anger, my whatsoever become honey. Honey is such a greater commodity than just pollen. that word this morning that when we were in the prayer meeting I, I felt God give me a picture of uh, a field of flowers and, and it was night and all the flowers were, were closed um, but the minute the sun rose uh, and, and it shone on the flowers the flowers opened up and I feel the Lord saying for, for those of us this morning there are things in our lives that are 
that are keeping us closed, that, that are keeping the things of God shut up in our lives. And I feel God really wanting to encourage us that when, as we face the sun, uh, we will naturally open up and God will heal uh, and, and bring the beauty back into our lives as, as we face the sun. So I want to encourage you, face Jesus this morning. The scripture tells us that as surely as the sun rises, so the mercies of God rise over us anew. And this morning we say, God, we need your mercy. In your mercy, would you come and exchange the broken for the new, the broken for the perfect? Would you come and exchange the, the joy for the sorrow? Would you come and exchange, God, the fact that I've got no father and bringing me into a place of where I've got a family that is like a rock? Give it three um, words of knowledge. I don't know if he's going to share all three, but I want us to in this. Don't disconnect. Just close your eyes. Open up your hands. Like this is time where you spend time with God. And where He comes, and He comes, and He brings an exchange. And so let's not fall into old things now. God has come and He's changed things in us, and so that the way that we walk forward is going to look different. So I want to encourage you, don't be disconnected, but just point your heart towards God.